welcome to Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Well, sisters, how are you all this week? Not swollen. That's an improvement. Me too. Taylor is not swollen. <laughs> also not swollen. I don't know. We're just checking in on everybody's edema levels. Sydney, how are you? Uh, no swelling here. Okay. Great. All right. Cool. Are we doing a review of systems? Should I... <laughs> Do you have any congestion or... Um, I've had a little bit of congestion. Um, (laughs) Nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, constipation. Pretty hungry. Uh, Abdominal pain. Hunger. Can you eat solid food now, Riley? Pretty much. I can't eat chips or crunchy things, but I can pretty much eat pretty much everything else. You're going to miss those days that were just mashed potatoes. Uh, I don't know. Crunchy things are good, too. Crunchy things, cheesy things. I miss goldfish. Gooey things. (laughs) I'm hungry. <laughs> I haven't eaten hungry. all day. I know. I it's four lunch. o'clock. I haven't eaten either. I, well, then again, I woke up at two, so. <laughs> uh, sisters, I, I'm having a rough week um, because I ordered some bathing suits offline mm. because it's summer. We're going to go to the beach next month, all of us together. And I, I've been wearing the same bathing suits I bought last year. And last year I was still, you know, working on recovering from my pregnancy, <laughs> meaning trying to lose weight. And uh, they're much bigger now. And so they're kind of baggy and saggy. And so I needed some bathing suits that fit a little better so they weren't falling off me in the ocean. And I hate shopping. You guys know this about me. So I ordered them offline, which is always dicey, right? With bathing suits especially. Yeah. I don't know. Although the other part about bathing suits is trying them on in a store is does not feel much better, to be honest, because they always have that little piece of plastic and the crotch. <laughs> As if that tiny piece of plastic will protect you from everybody else's genitals. <laughs> well, that's what they think. That little piece of plastic in the crotch is going to protect you. And the thing is like... That is a psychosomatic I, piece of crotch protectant. I understand that it is less absorbent than the bathing suit material itself, but that piece of plastic, I'm assuming, has touched someone's front butt. And oh, 100%. now it's touching mine. So I don't know that that's much better personally, but either way, I bought some bathing suits and I was thinking like this year, I'm going to feel really good about bathing suits, like myself in a bathing suit. This was my plan because like Facebook is always telling me to feel really good about it. What? Facebook. I don't know how Facebook knows this, but they know that like I'm a mom. Someone at Facebook has figured out that Sydney's a mom and they're always sending me like these videos on my feed of like, they're these moms and they're like, I was at the beach and I saw a girl who looked so good in her bathing suit. And I thought, Oh, I don't look like that anymore. And I felt so bad. And then I thought I'm missing these days playing with my kids on the beach. I'm going to get out there and I'm going to forget about (laughs) how I look and just like have fun. And Facebook's always showing me these videos and I find them very powerful yeah i i don't know how i feel about those facebook algorithms that like show you the things they think you want to see because all they ever show me are like where i can get free cupcakes and how to fight your depression (laughs) (laughs) this is a psychological portrait of myself i don't want (laughs) i mean that's useful information (laughs) you know like you eat the cupcakes it fights your depression but i don't i don't know what facebook thinks of me but i don't like it 
I mean, that's uh, that, uh, at least that's complimentary. I will say, mm. like the two the two things they're showing you, not complimentary <laughs> to you. It's not. I wouldn't say that. No. Uh, no, but I I know what you mean, and it makes me anxious sometimes too when it's like I was just on Mog Cloth, and then all of a sudden there are ads for Mog Cloth, and I'm like, oh, how do you know? <laughs> they Are you know following everything. me. They know all. But you know that those videos on Facebook, they they knew I was a mom, obviously, and they showed them to me, and they worked because I thought I'm gonna, I got my mom body, I'm gonna put on my mom bathing suit and feel momtastic or momerific or amazing, <laughs> something. And I got my bathing suits and I tried it on and I looked at myself in the mirror and I felt just like I did when I was a teenager trying on bathing suits and looking at myself in the mirror and thinking, oh, that's too big. Oh, that sticks out too far. Ugh, why can't I? Oh, why can't that be tighter or smaller or less curvy or more curvy or something? Why can't it just be all different? And looking at various bathing suits until I finally find one that I don't find, like, and that's what I would think in my head. Well, that's not completely disgusting, I guess. Yeah. You know, I, I hate that for you, but I also, I, I totally, like, feel the same way. And I mean, I like, you know, I've, I, I've never given birth to a human. I never <laughs> accomplished that. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I, I, I work out fairly regularly, but uh, it doesn't matter. I, I've been all the weights in the world, and I think it's more about something that's in your head and less about what you're seeing. Because it doesn't matter how good, bad, or indifferent I am. Whatever I see in the mirror is never... It's it. I'm not. I've gotten to the point now where I feel like uh, that's fine. You're covered. You're not indecent. Go get in the ocean. And that's about as best as I've achieved in my 30 years on the planet. But I would hope for the next generation maybe do a little bit, a little bit better than that. <laughs> well, that that was my hope was that you know I think about the the ways that I felt about my body and the images that I got uh, in, you know, movies and TV and magazines and ads and all that when I was a teenager. And I wonder, is it any better now? I mean, that's what I want to talk about body image to see if Riley, I feel like things like the images that I see on TV, they, they're trying now they're showing us people that look like us on TV. Do, do you think it's better? Um, I mean, there are definitely more people who are more accepting of their bodies, even if it doesn't match, you know, the typical beauty standard that everyone would think of when they think of, you know, like a model or something like that. But, um, I mean, it's still, you know, we're always on social media all the time, and it's just all those people who are, you know, the exact way that they think you want to look, and you know you can't look that way, and you don't look that way. So, I mean... It's, I mean, there's still all of that all around you all of the time, but I think it's kind of, there's another level of people who are combating that with, you know, body positive stuff. Well, do you think, like, when they show you things and you said you can't look that way, do you mean, like, because it's photoshopped, because it's... Because it's photoshopped and because these people are, like, you know, five foot ten and have super long legs and super tiny waists and, you know like genetic stuff that that is just intrinsic to right. who they are right uh because i i wonder that too i i had no concept that if i looked at a woman in a magazine when i was a teenager that they had been edited to look that way i really and I, maybe i was just dumb or naive no. but i i really didn't think that i just thought that's how women are supposed to look and i certainly don't look that way 
is it does the realization now i feel like everybody knows that everybody's photoshopped does that make it better um i don't know if it i mean maybe it makes it you know more it's less why can't i look that way and it's more like well these people are able to look that way even if they do these campaigns where it's like you know no retouching or no photoshop or whatever but they're still able to look that way that almost makes it worse in a sense because it's like look we don't have any photoshop and we still look better than you feel like you look at least these people you know are photoshopped (laughs) (laughs) so you don't feel so bad yeah oh man that's 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 not better (laughs) no that's a whole new thing to feel bad about at least like you know, like, yeah, and our models are like, they had full face makeup and it's like, well, they got a lot of makeup on. You guys have, you do have that whole ad campaign of like, uh, you know, like flawless, uh, like no makeup, no, you know, no retouching, but you still are something I'll never be. Uh, yeah. Because I, uh, I, I had hoped it was better. Cause I think about like in our day, the kind of models, the kind of look that was like <laughs> the look was, I, it, I mean, Kate Moss, you know, yeah. The heroin chic. Exactly. Very, very skinny. I mean, to, to a degree that, that often looked like the model was engaging in some sort of unhealthy behavior to attain that look. And um, I always thought kind of like not necessarily clean, like <laughs> in a way like that maybe everybody needed a shower. Everyone's very thin uh. and they need a shower and they're very tired. <laughs> they're definitely very tired. Um, and... That was that was kind of the way everybody was supposed to look, I thought. And that was what I aspired to. And to this day, that's still kind of what I, I look in the mirror and I think, man, I wish I was like, you know, like I had dirt smudged on my face and I was in like a torn slip or something and my hair was like artfully tousled with like five days worth of bedhead and no shampoo in it. And, but they, they also, and also, uh, you know, size zero. <laughs> they, they also tend to look like they don't, know what is going on in any facsimile like you could kind of believe well they're so thin because they don't know how to put food in their mouths like i don't (laughs) think that's a good look like everybody looks kind of vacant (laughs) yeah vacant and that's you know what as as a strong young woman that's a word that i would never hope would describe me (laughs) no no everybody looks like they don't know how they got there no I don't think that's gotten better because I keep uh, I think that these ads maybe were retired somewhat recently but those American Apparel ads where it's literally just like kidnapped a girl off the street and like drugged her and just like threw her on like a sexy sheet and just took pictures of her she's just like I'm confused and lost and there's scrunchies in my hair like I don't I don't think that idea of the like confused lost but desperately sexy woman is going anywhere (laughs) why is that sexy I don't know. Is it like, like I, I would like to like unpack that psychologically, but I don't, I think that's a different episode. <laughs> and it's, I mean, it really, it's something that I thought would get better as I got older and I, I don't see that. And then on, on TV, like I thought, well, obviously like we're getting more progressive, like we accept, and a lot of what we're talking about is women because that's what the perspective we're coming from. But I, I keep thinking, like, as we see stronger female role models and we start to break down gender barriers and we think about, like, the, our, our concept of what is a man, what is a woman, like, that, that is not something that is black and white or concrete or means one thing to one person. Like, as we do that, you think, like, well, then all these other things should change, too. But I don't know that we're seeing that. I mean, Riley, what do you think? I don't know. I mean, 
I feel like people are trying to be a lot more accepting of like, you know, this is who people are. You can't expect everyone to just be one size and look one way. But, you know, I, I feel like it's still kind of everyone kind of feels, I know, at least I know I do. And I know I know people my age that do, but everyone feels like they're not good enough, but everyone else is. And it's kind of like, well, if you feel like, you know, you're not good enough, I don't think I am either, but I think you are and you think I am, you know, then, you know, who really is the one that, who really does feel like they are, they look good all the time and they are confident in how they look. And, you know, I mean, I feel like everyone has some part of them that's, you know. Are are teenage girls still as self-deprecating as I feel like they were? I mean, because I feel like that was intrinsic to the friends that I had that were female, like we would, we would sit around and we would complain about things about our own bodies. Uh, I wish this was smaller. I wish uh, for me, it was always, I wish my thighs were smaller. I wish my (laughs) boobs were bigger and I wish, you know, and I, and my friends would all sit there and talk about the terrible things they don't like about their themselves. And that was just like a female ritual. It was like part of like, this is what we do now. We talk about the things we don't like yeah, about I mean, ourselves. Yeah, I mean, it's like that scene in Mean Girls where they just all stand in front of the mirror and are like, oh my God, my nail beds suck. Ah, oh, I have, you know, man shoulders. Exactly. And, you know, you know, the funny part. Is that, is it's, that still? It's, it's still pretty funny, but you know, it's, <laughs> it's you know, <laughs> it's, it's real. Is that still the, the norm? Um, yeah, definitely. Well, and I think that, that that very specific dialogue I have always found upsetting because it it's cutting yourself into pieces. It's judging yourself as if what you are is just a summation of the, the parts that, that make you up physically. And that's that that's completely negating yourself as a whole person. Like that's yeah. that is objectification to like, uh, my thighs are like this and my arms are like this and my stomach's like this. Like no, it's, uh, that's 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 disturbing at its core, and I think that it's it's especially true with young women's bodies that we do this. And I mean, I I have a lot of dude friends. I hear my dude friends talk about women, and it's it's similar. And I'm just like, ah, you know, it's not like <laughs> it's not like a like a you, you know like pick the one that has the the most best parts. Like that's awful <laughs> and scary. <laughs> exactly, we aren't cars. <laughs> no. <laughs> You can't replace these parts. It's not a Frankenstein effort for a girlfriend. I don't need my oil changed. <laughs> no, but and and it really is something that, you know, I, as I get older, I think like I've gotten stronger and more confident and I feel so much less insecure than I did when I was a teenager in so many ways. And so you'd think it that would just be part of it. Like automatically I feel better about the way that I look and I embrace the things about me that I used to criticize and I I accept that this is the physical form I have and that it's capable of a lot of things and that, you know, I enjoy it. So who cares what anybody else thinks? And you think it would all come naturally, but I find that it doesn't. And I don't know if, I don't think that's unique to me. I don't think that's like my own personal hangup. I I find that that's probably more universal among, especially a lot of women, not, not just women, but, but a lot of women. Well, there's this word that I always hear associated with uh, anytime, um, and I think it's any person of a of a n- not ideal body type, like I don't know, like yeah, where's the bikini at the beach or like whatever. You show off your you're like you know your C-section scar. It's like you're so brave, and I I agree with that based on today's current society. That is an act of bravery. But I can't wait for a day where it's not an act of bravery to just 
walk outside as yourself like oh you're so brave for being comfortable with your body it's like no that should be like standard (laughs) yeah just wearing the clothes that you like and feel good in Oh, that's like just beauty rebels because they're non-traditional. It's like, that's not rebellious. That's just okay. Right. <laughs> it's fine. Riley, is that still, would you say that's still something like um, your friends criticize, like who, who can wear something, who can't wear something, you, that you don't have the body for that? Like, is that still? I mean, I don't know. I kind of tend to pick out things that I feel like look good on my body type. Like, I have some friends that like will just buy anything that they think looks good on someone else and they somehow feel I mean they look good in it and they feel like they look good in it but I couldn't just buy anything that I saw that looked good on someone else and feel good in it because I know I don't look as good as the other person that I saw wearing it so I kind of tend to pick things that like I mean you know, sometimes I feel good about myself, but it's mostly when I'm wearing things that, like, you wouldn't typically see advertised because they're not the things that, you know, show off your body and they're not, like, the short, tight things that all the models wear for, you know, teen clothing companies and stuff. But, you know, people wear those things and people feel good about themselves in it. And that's, you know, that's, people should be able to do that. But yeah, so you see more people doing that now. Yeah. Some of your friends. Yeah. I mean, I think that's that's a healthier approach and that at least gives me some hope because, you know, Sydney, we were both re- remarking on the idea that you hope to at least get to a point with your body where you're like, it's fine, just it's fine. I'm yeah. not going to I'm not going to look too hard in the mirror. Like that that really cheats people out of the ability to enjoy beauty because we are visual creatures. We are, you know, we're, we're sensory beings and it's like you should be able to be like feel entitled to your own beauty to feel in, in, entitled to you know to dress up to take care of yourself and it's not about looking like these one very flat ideas of this is what a woman should be and this is what a man should be it's taking what you have and like just fully just like doing it up and being like yeah and i think that that you know at least you know riley like you're if you're saying oh that's what's on you know the the mannequins and on the models i'm gonna dress for what I like and what makes me feel good and what me- makes me feel good, like look good. That's that's at least slightly encouraging. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it's you know, I have kind of you know the thing you were saying about this is this is what I have got to work with. I mean, basically, this is you know I can't change it. I can't become you know one of those models that I see on TV or whatever. But uh, I don't know. I guess it's kind of a good way to look at it. But then again, it's you know not a sense of confidence that you can wear whatever you, you see and feel good in it. I don't know. It's, I, I don't, I don't know. It's would, kind of like a give and take, I w- guess. Would you want to be one of those models? Like, is that what you, if you could snap your fingers and turn yourself into one of those body types, would you do it? Yeah. Definitely. Wow. Well, that's a commonality, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's changed much. Um, no. Because, I mean, that was always the thing. I just, uh, you know, it's all about standing in front of the mirror and just, I don't even know. You know what's funny is I, I have now, because of pregnancy, I've gained a lot of weight and I've lost a lot of weight, um, which was new because through most of my life I was around the same size. Uh, and in the process, I kept, I keep thinking like, oh, just this many more pounds, just this many more pounds, like setting the goal lower. And I kept thinking, you know, I'm no happier <laughs> like about that. Like, now that I fit into this smaller size of pants, 
or whatever, I didn't like magically go and I felt at peace with myself. Like, you know, I, I, I've realized that, like I keep thinking as I get thinner, that will bring in it, in it, in and of itself, some intrinsic happiness. And it doesn't, not that I'm unhappy. It's not making me unhappy. It's just not as big of an influence on my daily happiness as for some reason I feel compelled to believe it is. And I have to believe that's just ingrained in me. Like I just have this, this compulsion. Like I used to say that, um, not so much now because I'm, I'm a healthier weight now. It, it took me a long time after having Charlie to start to move in a direction and, and get active and eat better and, and get rid of some of the bad habits that I developed when I was, you know, pregnant. And, uh, as I was as I was doing that, I, I would have this like voice in the back of my head constantly, like this background noise, like lose weight, lose weight, lose weight, get skinny, get skinny, get skinny. You, th- you've got to fix this. Like even at the end of a long day, like I did all my work and took care of my baby and I, I took care of myself and everything's fine. Like I'd still have this voice in the back of my head going, but you didn't lose weight, so you're not good enough. All right. Like this constant background noise in my life. I mean, I feel like part of it is like, well, I just lost five pounds, and I know I'm technically at my goal weight, but if I lost five, why can't I lose another five? If I, you know, only ate this many calories in a day and I worked out this long, why can't I work out 20 minutes longer and eat this many, you know, this this much less, you know? It's kind of yeah. like there's always going to be someone that's smaller, so I could always be, like, someone who's smaller. And that That's a slippery slope, and, I mean, I don't... This is this is not the most the most comfortable topic, but I I dealt with uh, an eating disorder through most of my my college years, uh, really that extended beyond that, honestly, to the point where I was actually healthy and operating in a non dangerous way. And I I won't say numbers because I know numbers for anyone listening can be triggering, but um, uh, it, there was no number low enough. It, it you know I was I was hospitalized. It was not there was not a point. I looked in the mirror, no matter how small I was or how little I weighed, that it was ever okay because it's that sort of thinking is 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 a diseased way of thinking and and it's it's there in your head to to never make you feel good enough. So it's not you know that once you start thinking, oh, I did this today, but I could be even better tomorrow. And I mean, even now, I'm you know this is like eight years out from where I would say I'm I was I don't know recovered. Like I still have those days where I'm like I'm I'm sad and I'm depressed and I want to go to the, I want to resort to this because it's the one thing I know well at least I can achieve that. And you've got to be smarter and you've got to be better than that and you've got to think more of yourself than that and it's really hard sometimes. <laughs> I, I understand that that is very much the truth. It um I, I as a teenager had my own struggles with those issues as well. I uh, was a calorie restrictor for a long time and um and and a, a purger for a long time and that was something that even in my adult life i i grapple with not as much now um but but in more recent years because it's about for me it was about being perfect and being in control and uh, the the less i ate the less i weighed the stronger i felt even though the weaker i was really and when I look back, uh, but the stronger I felt and, um, the more, and, and it also made me feel like I had a power that other people didn't have. Right. Um, which again was all a warped way of thinking and led me down a really dangerous path where I, I didn't, you know, I, I did get sick. I was quite sick for, for a long time. And it, mm-hmm. it is, a, and it, 
it led me to a really unhealthy relationship with food and with what health was and what a, what like a good level of activity and exercise that like is good for your heart and your lungs and your brain and your body to engage in. And I, it took me a long time to figure that out. Yeah. Um, really stymied my growth in that region. And I mean, and I, and it all stemmed from the same thing, which was there's a perfect way to look. I, I gotta, if I'm going to be the best, the most, the one, the perfect, the whatever, whatever superlative you want to throw at it, I got to get there. That's mm. where it started. Now that was, there were a lot of other things involved in that, of course, as there, as there usually are, but that's where it starts. And I, I remember having this thought when I was starting to, to try to get better that before everything had gone so dark, I was a funny girl and I was, you know, like a nerdy girl and I was like a, a an art artistic girl. And then after everything, I'd achieved this thing and all I had left was being a skinny girl. And that was the the, the sort of thought that hit me that made me try to, to turn it around because the things you sacrifice along the way to achieving some insane standard that you'll never get to are basically they're they're everything you know you 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 lose all of you in a very physical <laughs> and a very mental and a very spiritual way I, I think that's absolutely true and you know what's scary is that along the way the feedback up until up until things were obviously a problem up until right. especially when people found out the ways in which i was losing weight which i mean i you know, did everything that you classically do to try to keep people from knowing what I was doing. But eventually the people who love you, who are closest to you, figure it out. And I, I, the, the feedback that I got right up until then was you look great. Yep. <laughs> what are you doing? You look great. Um, and yep. because the thing was, even as I was obviously not happy, not confident, not fulfilled, not self-actualizing, just not eating was what I was yeah. doing. Even as I was doing that, the, everybody around me was just praising me on the fact that I had made my made the number on the scale smaller. That's what it was all about. And I, and I mean, and I don't blame people. I don't blame people for that. That I don't want it to come across that way. But I think it's because we assume that there are people that we look at in the media who are are based on like our our stereotypical concept of beauty perfect and we assume they probably don't do the healthiest things in the world to look that way and we're all fine with it because we like looking at them i mean that right. and i'm not saying that's oh that's true for everybody but like that's that's how i felt was like oh it's fine it's fine that i'm hurting myself because all you care about is how i look at the end of the day so you can look at me and tell me i look nice well and i think that that's you know it's the the idea of viewing oneself as a subject or an object it's like when you when you can separate yourself enough to 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 just think of 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 how people view you it's it's very dangerous but it also seems very innate uh, i think as a as a young woman i mean i think that that's kind of a cultural hard line that we we can move beyond but it's we're not we're not anywhere near there yet riley do you see uh, one thing that i think was like a common um like around the lunch table when I was in high school was the girls not just not eating, but like competing to how little they eat, like how little they had in their lunch or how many days they went without lunch or when was the last time they ate or like, I, you know, 
I brought a bag of Cheerios and it lasted me the entire day. And that was my thing. Um, I definitely see a lot more girls, mostly girls my age, um, not eating lunch and just not bringing anything and not getting anything, just kind of sitting there and talking and, you know, doing work or reading or whatever, um, during lunch. But, uh, <laughs> uh, um, I don't know. It's not really like a competition. I, I feel like you're not really wanting to draw attention to it so much anymore. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like you do everything you can to, you know, I'm doing homework. So that's why I'm not eating. I'm, you know, I have to finish this book. I, you know, ate during, you know, class before this because I got hungry or something. I don't know. I mean, towards the end of the school year this year, mostly right after Christmas break, I would just bring a granola bar and eat that during lunch. And that would be what I'd eat you know pretty much the entire day other than like a bottle of water and i feel like that's pretty much a common thing is like bringing one or two things and just eating them throughout the day small things and that's it do you see as as we see more diverse body types on on television and movies and represented in the media do you think you see friends or other people your age who are like more comfortable with that like you see people like embracing that um, I look like that person, and that person is not the stereotypical traditional, like, this is what beauty is, so I feel good. Do you see that? I've heard all of my friends say at least once, I hate my body, or I hate this part about my body. Like, I hate my legs, I hate my waist, I hate, you know, my face, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I've heard every one of them say something like that at some point, and maybe they you know internally kind of feel like yeah this looks good on me or i kind of look like that person and they're not like that but that's okay but they don't show it because they don't want to seem like they're confident in their body and they feel like they have no flaws and yeah i know you all hate your bodies but i love mine like you know i feel like people don't feel like they can be that way so it would be a bad thing to admit it if you felt good about yourself I don't think it would be a bad thing, but I feel like you kind of internalize it and feel like it would be a bad thing if you said something. But I feel like really, if you did, it wouldn't be. Hmm. Like you're, I see what you're saying. Like everybody's in it together. Right. And you don't want to be the one who's not in it. Right. Which is, we, we all hate our bodies together. Yeah. So it's good. No. 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 But, the, uh, but uh, and I will say that is a, I think that's probably a normal teen inclination for right. a lot of things so that you're not the odd one out whatever the issue we're talking about is yeah um i want to explore that more and i want i want to hear more about like if you know like i said if things have changed but um but i think riley are we getting a group message i think we're getting one we need to check and see what's going on <laughs> let's check out the group message uh sisters we have a special jumbotron message this week Special, a very special one. All of our listeners are special. Now you said this one was special. You haven't caught the other one special. I'm gonna. Well, this is the new thing. I'm just gonna say they're all very special. (laughs) You are all very special, and thank you. Uh, This is a message for Coco, and it is from Mom, not our mom, not our mom, not our mom. Is our mom sending jumbotrons to random people? (laughs) Mom, stop that. No, this is from Coco's mom, and she says to Coco. In the words of one of my favorite childhood authors, Hans Christian Andersen, to travel is to live. May your time in Italy be one of magic, adventure, challenge, and joy. Here's to great wine, delicious food, new friends, and living life to the fullest. I love you, Mom. Oh, I love you too. 
Hey, that's sweet. <laughs> that was Be safe out there, sweet. Coco. Have a wonderful time, Call Coco. Call your mom. Yeah. Eat all the gelato. Yeah, eat all the gelato. Uh, Venice doesn't smell bad. Contrary to what people will tell you, it's gorgeous. <laughs> I would check it out. And yeah, call your mom when you get there. Like, tell her you're there, please. Or else something might happen like what happened to Sydney. Like, she might call the embassy looking for you. So call your mom. (laughs) Have a great time, Coco. Really, have fun. And be safe. Yeah. Uh, So, anyway. Oh, and by the way, if you would like to take out a Jumbotron, if you would like to have a Jumbotron on our show, MaximumFun.org forward slash Jumbotron. We still have time to fulfill my dream of singing a song that someone has written for someone else. Exactly. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, uh, in addition to, we've talked a lot about, like, body image as far as weight and size. Um, there, there are a lot of messages, though, about, like, just in general that I think as a teenager you get about how you're supposed to look like the makeup you're supposed to wear and what your hair is supposed to look like. Like, I remember that's always been a big hang up for me is that I feel like everyone around me always had better hair. I don't even mean on TV. Like I always remember looking at my friend's hair and thinking, what are you doing that I'm not? Why is mine so frizzy? Yeah. Uh, I feel like now it's become more of like a, um, people don't really focus. I mean, you do, but that's not really your center of attention because makeup and hair and stuff like that has kind of become like i mean that's a whole other thing you know makeup and hair other than Mm -hmm. body image but it's become kind of a thing where you can express yourself and you're not doing it that's the first step i think towards realizing that like your body is for you and it's not for other people is um kind of this mass movement of i'm not wearing my makeup for anyone else to think i'm pretty and to feel like I can go out in public I'm wearing this because you know I like doing my makeup I like you know it it's a fun thing that I enjoy doing sometimes I do it whenever I'm not even going anywhere because it's just a fun thing I like to do and it's a way you can express yourself uh you know and have everyone see it and um I feel like that's kind of a thing that has become very popular more so than you know realizing that your body is your way of you know that that's your body no one else has one just like yours you don't have one just like anyone else's um and people i don't think have realized that as uh is in such a, a mass a mass way yet as they kind of have with makeup and stuff like that i only wore makeup mainly mainly i will say i mainly wore makeup and to this day to cover my acne <laughs> Um, and i remember that was one of my biggest sources of like self-loathing was like my face my complexion um and i think if i had not worn makeup um i would have been like teased or criticized for it a lot more um those kinds of flaws like normal teenage things that like we all have like that's normal like to have acne when you're a teenager totally normal but i felt a lot of pressure to cover that up and uh, you know is that like things like that or like braces or glasses or like those those normal things that like some people have and some people don't especially as a teenager like you're going through those like kind of I don't know the things that are new to you for the first time I got my glasses and my braces at the same time when I was like 14 uh what what uh I mean is that still the same like kids get teased for that kind of thing or is it are we finally past that 
For some reason, I don't know why, I feel like anything that has to do, this is going to sound so stupid, anything that has to do with your face, braces, glasses, um, acne, makeup, anything you put on your face, isn't teased. Like, it isn't looked at. And I don't know if something has changed and people are more focused on body or really something has changed and no one is focused on any way anyone else looks and really like no one really cares if you've covered up your acne today or if you're wearing a full face of makeup today but everyone feels like everyone else is always looking at them all the time and thinking something bad about the way they look so nobody's looking at each other's faces anymore i don't know why (laughs) um well and that's i like i would i feel like your generation riley is maybe more accepting than previous ones like i think that's like a a uh, progression that we are having i would like to think definitely think, with okay yeah i think so i think uh when it comes to you know ev- mostly pretty much everything like sexuality gender the way you look the way you act who you are i feel like everything as a whole has just become more uh accepted all around i mean i would like to believe i, I that that's true because i will say this i uh, noticed that after um, I watched Hillary Clinton's speech the other night that <laughs> that I, I did not see headlines like I expected, which was which would be like, did you see that white pantsuit she was wearing? You know, like that's what uh, you expect that with any kind of f- powerful female figure is that you're going to immediately get commentary on what they're wearing and what their hair looked like and and, you know, who who designed their dress or whatever. And like instead, I didn't see that. And I think that's a big improvement. Because I feel like that's all we could talk about growing up was what women look like. I never mm. remember seeing consistent uh, stories about what women, what women were doing or saying or thinking. Just, you know, what they're wearing. Well, I, I do I do witness a lot of good pushback, I think, in both the, you know, the media world and on a day- daily basis. But, like, you know, there's a whole trend on, like, the red carpet of women. You know, like the ask her more thing. Like, not just what she's wearing. Like, ask her more questions than that. I think that that's, you know, that's that's positive. We have, like, these discussions about things like the Bechdel test. And, like, you know, like, how are women represented in, in media and games and movies? Like, those are important yeah. conversations that I think weren't around when we were younger, when we were coming of age. I think that's very true. I thought that was interesting. You mentioned the Bechdel test, and I, I think it's, uh, I was reading about the sexy lamp test. <laughs> you know, a movie is not acceptable if the if the female character could be replaced easily by a sexy lamp and the plot would not be altered in any way. And uh, and I've, I hope that movies are moving past that. I mean, certainly I think uh, the new Ghostbusters movie yeah. shatters all of that. You know, you can't replace any of them with sexy lamps. It's true. Yeah no way you know and i saw that and i thought it was i thought it was real fun it was real cute kate mckinnon is just a goddess i love her um but yeah i I believe you but i have a two-year-old so i don't see movies anymore oh that's fair (laughs) Um, i bet bet they're talking about something other than boys they are they're talking talking about about science and ghosts and cool stuff hey you know i gotta say uh ladies i'm pretty sure that if we replaced either of you with a sexy lamp it would be noticed so, I think that would I think we, that's <laughs> safe to say. <laughs> we might pass that test. <laughs> Unless it's a sexy robot lamp. <laughs> think about that. That, that does goofs. <laughs> sexy Remember, goof and robot there, lamp. <laughs> wasn't there a lamp and like brave little toaster or something? Oh, yeah. What was the name like? 
lamp. <laughs> I'm not saying it was sexy. Um, it was I'm not, not attracted it, it, to lamps. No, that that lamp was kind of like neurotic and like yeah. kind of kind of a a, a jerk sometimes. I mean, if you are attracted to lamps, that's fine. I'm just saying I'm not personally. That's Is there a term for that? Probably. There's a term for it. Um, I think I think the the one thing that has given me hope for me, let me say that, you know, aside from society and everybody in general, the thing that the only thing that has helped me is uh, my, when I was pregnant, um, I don't think I fit any sort of traditional standard of hotness or sexy or beauty. I mean, I, I understand that we pretend like, oh, we, we value how beautiful pregnant women are in our, in our society. That sounds nice, and a lot of people like to say that. But I was mainly asked, like, "Whoa, are there twins in there? How big are you gonna get?" I mean, th- those were the main comments I got. So, like, I'd love to believe that, but I think a lot of that's lip service. Um, we need to be nicer to pregnant women, having been there. Huh. Uh, but you know, I would, I would, I would love to say that I felt really great about myself the whole time. Um, I didn't really until I met Charlie. Um, because then no. even though I, while I was in that, that version of me, that body that was that version of me while I was pregnant, I never felt great about how I looked in any clothes or, or looked in the mirror. Uh, when I met Charlie, I realized that this body made, made that, made her, made a human, um, had the ability to produce a whole life and cook it and, you know, <laughs> cook it, all ah. done. bake it, bake it until it was all done and then bring it out fully formed. And I, I feel stronger in this body and more confident in this body for what it can do, which is, is at least a step in the right direction. I'm still not confident in this body in the way it looks all the time, but what it's capable of, I feel a heck of a lot better about. And I think that's made me feel better in general about, about how I look, although that's still... I would love to say that I have won that battle, but um, that is still a daily struggle. But I mean, uh, that is I I I I do agree with that. I mean, I know it. Like uh, la- last summer, I um, I went to Japan and I uh, I I climbed Mount Fuji, which is something I'd wanted to do for years and years. Um, and uh, you know, it's like it required a lot of muscle a lot of energy a lot of stamina mm-hmm. something i never could have done in the much smaller bodies i had inhabited in the past and it was really that you know when i when i got to the top of the mountain that i just it was the first time i'd ever really thought like hey thank you body <laughs> you're awesome i have no idea what you look like right now but you just did something so amazing for me obviously having charlie way more amazing <laughs> but but really like you know, if, if you like, if, if nothing else, like learning how to love your body from the inside out, you'll, you'll get to the outside. But when you start at the inside and you start realizing just the places it takes you and the things it can do for you, kind of, you know, maybe you, you want to take care of it a little bit more then. I, I think that's absolutely true. And I don't think, I don't think it's a comparison. I think that they're both amazing things that we are able to do with our bodies. Yeah, but I um, just got a flag. You got a human. <laughs> I will I will give you that. A human is better than a flag. But but I won't let you I won't let you talk down about your ability to well, climb yeah, a mountain because yeah. that's still pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, I've never had a baby or climbed a mountain, so I, my body's pretty much done nothing um yet. You yes, it know. has. Your body's done amazing things. I mean, it's it's like kind of been there. Your body <laughs> No, I mean you, it's yes, dance, okay. it's, you it's act, there for you. You you travel. Exactly. Your body dances, your body plays tennis. 
Your body moves. Your body goes places. And then like it, and then it broke. Oh, well, like a bone in it. Yeah, like it broke. Well, I mean, sometimes it breaks. You know what your body did after that, though? It healed. Yeah, it did that for you, which is pretty freaking amazing. I mean, I would expect it to do that for me after all I've done for it. I would at least expect it to be able to make it so I can walk again. Oh, that's fair. I, I, I think I think that has to be the key is to start to understand all the things our body does for us other than just stand in front of a mirror and allow us to criticize ourselves. And now the goal, though, would be to get to that point where we could stand in front of a mirror and just based on the way our body two-dimensionally looks still feel good. You know, because, I mean, it's great to say, like, what it, what we look like is just, it's like on the bottom of the list, or it's such a small part, or it's one little thing, and that's all well and good, but to still appreciate that one little thing, I think still should be the goal, to still be fine with it. Not just fine with it, to feel good about it. I think you just listened to Beyonce's Flawless enough times. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, how I want to feel. I want to wake up like this, flawless, and just feel that way. Like... <laughs> I, I will say that I do, <laughs> I, I do like you know Beyonce or like Katy Perry songs kind of make me feel that way sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> you know sometimes some T Swizzle. That's what her name is, right? Yeah. Taylor Swift. Yep. Swizzle. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And, and then Kelly Clarkson always has the keys yeah. to my heart as usual. But uh, I don't know. I think that's the goal that we're all trying to get to. And I I don't obviously, y- you know when uh, when we see things on tv riley you've already mentioned like they're formulated to try to make us or taylor maybe you said it like to buy things or to look a certain way to you know so we buy clothes and we buy makeup and we do our hair and we do things to look that way so part of it is to sell us stuff yeah is why we see these like ridiculous images of what everybody is supposed to look like um obviously you're supposed to look like how you look yeah, how you want to look. That's, that's how you're really, supposed to look. That's the thing. Being smarter. Being smarter than the people that are trying to tell you you're not good enough just so they can sell you things. And yeah. when you think of it like that, it's like, oh, I'm super way smarter than that. <laughs> I'm exactly. not falling for that. No, I'm not falling for that trick. I will, I will buy that skirt or those shoes or that hat or whatever because I like it and I like the way it makes me look, but not because I think I'm supposed to look like the person on TV who's wearing it. Right. Um, but that that is a level where we can all talk about it right now. But to live it day in, day in and day out, it's still I mean, it's still a fight. It's still a struggle. Yeah. Um, but you're going to get there, Riley. I mean, uh, maybe one day I'll do someday. something as, as great as climbing a mountain or having a human. You, you're going to do amazing things. Do yeah. something. Any of these things that you want to do, yeah. you can do. And you're going to feel good about yourself when you do them. That's what I want for you. Yeah. And me and you, Taylor. Yeah. And, and everyone. Hey, for everybody all of who's us. listening. Yeah, all yeah. of our listeners, male and female alike, and <laughs> and uh, non-binary gender as well. Let's not all lock everybody into nice little blue and pink boxes. Yeah. Well, and we're definitely we're we're telling these stories from a, a, a female perspective because that's what we know. But obviously, the the struggle for being comfortable in your own skin is is across all all gender barriers. Um. So you know, like. I don't 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 know everyone's side of the story, but I know we're all in this together. Yeah, that's the important thing. That was very beautiful, Tay. Hey, that was, <laughs> that was lovely. Um, Flawless. Are you, are you hungry too? I'm super yeah, hungry. I'm starving. I'm really hungry. <laughs> yeah, and I'm and you know what? I'm gonna eat some Taco Bell. I am too. <laughs> 
So there it is. I'm going to um, find a Taco Bell in New York. So why not? So we can all be eating Taco Let's Bell. Let's all eat some Taco Bell. <laughs> thank you, sisters. Um, right. Thank you for sharing. I know this was a little more, uh, I don't know, a revealing, vulnerable than we usually are. Um, thank you, Tay, for sharing. Thank you, Riley, for sharing. Thank um, you, sisters. Sydney for sharing. Yeah, no, thank you. No, no problem. Thank you, listeners, for letting us share, for listening to us. Thank you for... Um, talking with us and tweeting at us at Still Buff and being parts of our Facebook group. Please come join our group if you're not a member. There are so many wonderful, lovely people in that group um, that are constantly saying amazing, positive, supportive things to each other. And I'm happy that you're all there and I'm happy to be part of it. And uh, if you want to email us, email us at stillbuffering at maximumfun.org. Suggestions or comments. Uh, take a moment, if you would, to review us, rate us and review us on iTunes. We always appreciate that. That helps us out. If you want a Jumbotron, MaximumFun.org forward slash Jumbotron. Check that out. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby You Change Your Mind. Uh, yeah, this has been Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I'm a teenager. And I was two. Hey, Max Fun community. This is your friend, Elizabeth Gilbert, author of Eat, Pray, Love, and a bunch of other stuff. I am a longtime member, supporter, and devoted follower of Maximum Fun. And now, finally, I have my own podcast on the network. It's called Magic Lessons, and it is me coaching people through their creative issues and problems. This season, we have some amazing creators that we're helping through their joys and struggles of making something out of nothing. And then I bring in special guests like Glennon Doyle Melton, Brandon Stanton, Martha Beck, the poet Mark Nepo, Michael Ian Black, Sarah Jones, Gary Scheingart, these amazing friends of mine to come and help coach these people so that they can get their work done. I hope you'll tune into it. It's called Magic Lessons, and it's all about love. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.